You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. And we welcome you to America's Web Radio. Glad to have you listening in on this beautiful Saturday. We've all here in Atlanta been pollinated. The bees have not been doing their job this year, so the pollen is thick as it can be. And uh, I've got uh, about four yards uh, in my sinuses right now worth of pollen. But with that being said, Jim, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. I've got a uh, pollen green over mineral gray car now. Yeah, yeah, that's... uh, Life's good. Uh, there's an empty chair over here. The Phantom uh, is, is not with us. Mr. Rinaldo uh, had another family issue, and we appreciate yep. that uh, what he's doing with that. But we do have a guest on the line, and this is this is very interesting because I've gotten to speak with him a couple of times now, and uh, his name is Terry Ernest, and he is El Presidente of. Uh, a very interesting association. It's the uh, National Association of Automo- Automobile Museums. And, uh, Terry, welcome to America's Web Radio. Well, good morning. Glad to be here. Well, you know, since uh, I started the station, we started the show, Steve Ronaldo was actually uh, our first host and, and has continued with us for Years now, uh, since uh, 2005 to be exact, and uh, uh, we've been very, very, uh, we've been delighted because he's on, uh, he was on the AACA board, and uh, uh, Steve is one of those that uh, uh, puts his pocketbook where his mouth is, and I think he has seven or eight uh, classic cars, and uh, uh, he goes through cars faster than... uh, well, we won't go there. I started to say Obama goes through people. But anyway, uh, be that as it may. Seven or eight cars, that's a good start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he's, uh, I mean, he's probably, Steve uh, holds the title as far as I'm concerned. He's probably one of the most knowledgeable car people that I've ever met in my life. And I, I was just, he is total pro, and and I'm just, I was just a, a kid with a hot rod, and that, that's about the extent of my knowledge. But, but since uh, Steve came on board, your business, your your uh, association has, in some way or the other, been very relevant to us because we we have been concerned since day one, literally, about the fact that. Uh, it's not like when we grew up. I, you know, I, I mean, I was chomping at the bits to get my first car and to be able to, to do something, uh, have a car, play with it, tune it up, do this, do that. And kids today, you know, they, they, they'd rather sit on the couch and play with their thumbs. And uh, we, we feel like uh, it's not a – I don't think the classic car, I hate to say it's a dying industry, but there's just not the interest uh, with the young people that we, we feel like – it should be, and we also recognize that automobiles, cars, have played such a vital, vital part in American history. Uh, they are a big chunk of American history. Uh, uh, the The revolution that came about uh, it, it's it's been a big part of the military. It's been a big part of it's been a big part of everything. So, anyway, we're delighted to have you on, and look forward to. Um, working with you and your uh, organization uh, from today forward, literally. Very good, yeah. yeah. 
So, with that being said, um, why don't why don't I turn it over to you for a minute and, and just sort of introduce yourself? And I know that you're not only the uh, president of the association, but you're also involved in a museum yourself. Right. I'm um, actually the director of the Will St. Clair Automobile Museum in Marysville, Michigan. So uh, Will St. Clairs um, are not a very commonly known car, um, but C. Harold uh, Wills was Henry Ford's very first employee in 1903. Um, though Ford didn't like titles for people, we would probably have called Wills the chief engineer. And Wills worked on every car up until he left in about 1917 to go build his own car. So the success of the Model T, probably the most influential car in society ever produced, um, was a big part of what Wills did. Uh, Wills came up with vanadium steel blend. Uh, though he didn't invent it, he figured out how to make it in large quantities. So Wills was a very important guy with Ford early on. So important that when he left, you know, his severance pay was $1.5 million. That's a lot of money in that era. And what's even more interesting is he had been paid millions of dollars up to that point. So he had enough money to, to come to Marysville, Michigan, which is about an hour's drive north of Detroit on the St. Clair River that divides the U.S. from Canada. And uh, he bought 4,500 acres and laid out a community and built a factory. And um, had he succeeded, um, probably would have been a, a thriving automotive metropolis. Unfortunately, after about six years and 12,000 cars, um, it didn't work out. It folded up, and uh, so that part of history ended. But uh, it's still an influential car, and uh, pretty. if you're a real car aficionado, it's, it's a rare car, but it's something that you hope to see once in a, while, in a great while. So that's my, my full-time uh, job is with the Will St. Clair Automobile Museum, and then I've uh, just become the president of the National Association of Automobile Museums. That's a group of more than 100 um, automobile museums throughout North America. So the United States, Canada, and I believe we also have a museum in Puerto Rico. So kind of all over the place. And um, a great group of people um, with a great group of collections of automobiles um, that we want the public to see, to enjoy, and to help explain the history of, you know, what I find a fascinating subject, and that's the automobile. Oh, absolutely. How many, uh, and I don't mean to tread on bad water or anything, but how many total museums are there across the country? You know, I don't, I don't have a real number. It's a little tough to identify because most of them are, uh, most of the automobile museums that we deal with are nonprofit, though there are uh, some that are affiliated with for-profit entities. Um, but there's a lot of much smaller collections that um, are almost museums, but maybe not quite. So I don't have a real firm number on it. It's probably close to 200, depending on what you count. But um, our group represents probably the 100 largest uh, auto museums in, in the country. Do you, um, one of the questions I, I'd written down, and this sounds crazy or a little nutty, but what kind of museums are they, or do they vary? Do you have some that are are strictly, say, before 1935, or do you have some that are strictly, quote-unquote, uh, hot rod-type museums? or uh, Do you have a variety of museums, or do most of them sort of cover the gambit? Well, the membership is really very varied. Um, we have museums that deal with specific marks, 
But you also have museums like the Henry Ford in Dearborn, Michigan, which are encompass uh, not only automobiles, but uh, trucks and airplanes and locomotives, so a gamut of transportation. Um, and, uh, you know, the Peterson in Los Angeles, um, National Auto Museum in Reno, ACD, Auburn Court Duesenberg Museum. So a lot of very varied. Uh, we were just uh, two years ago, we had our annual meeting at the Smith Collection, Smith Family um, Museum, which is very much into speed equipment, hot rod and so forth. And so they specialize more in, in racing cars and things like that. So it's a really, automobile museums can run the gamut from just a single mark to very modern race cars. Hey, Terry, it's Jim. Um, do you have anything to do with the Mullen Museum, the Art Deco French Bugatti in uh, Tabo Lago? I've been there a couple of times myself. Um, uh-huh. I believe they are a member of the association. Good. Yeah, that's then that's pretty much a private collection. How about the Blackhawk Museum up in uh, Danville? Yeah, they're also a member. That's another Good. fascinating, wonderful collection of cars. Right, right. Well, Absolute and, top. And the beautiful thing is the Gilmore, the way they're expanding and yes. building their own separate little Mark museums. That's become a college campus of, of different brands of cars. I just love it. Oh, it, it, I agree. And and my uh, one of my pets is the Owl's Head Museum up in Maine. Yes. Yep. So, a little tough to get to, but once you're there, it's worth the trip. It's definitely worth the trip. Um, do you have anything to do with AACA? Because I know they've they've started a pretty good museum too. We just uh, brought one of their uh, the museum people on board, a fellow named Mark. Uh, just become a, a member of the board of directors of the of what we nicknamed the National Automobile Museum Automobile Museum Association as NAM. Yeah. Uh, he has just become a member. Great. Um, and I'm personally a member of, of AACA because I've got some, some cars and things <clears> that qualify for that in my personal collection. Wonderful. Uh, how many Will St. Clairs do you have in your collection? Um, at the museum, we have 13 Will St. Clairs. There's only 80 left. So wow. There are many left. So wow. we have the largest. We're a small automobile museum with mm-hmm. a single mark of interest. But we can say that we have the world's largest collection of Will St. Clair automobiles on display. <laughs> would but, you would you describe the emblem because it's absolutely the most beautiful automobile emblem in the world? I, I, I'm biased, but I'm agree, I agree with you. Also, it's a goose flying over blue water with green pine trees, yeah. which very much describes where the cars were made. Yes, there are, there are a lot of geese here. We have the beautiful blue water of St. Clair River and Lake Lake uh, Lake Huron, yeah. Lake St. Clair below it, and then of course a lot of the beautiful pine trees. So it's you're right. It's a it's an emblem that doesn't really have much to do with automobiles, uh, but it certainly reflects this area. Oh, it's, um, it's absolutely is, is, gorgeous. Is, is he flying over snow as well? Uh, not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're supposed to get it because. I'm going to be in Wyoming, Michigan next week, and okay. I, I saw the weather forecast. Let me. Uh, I, want, I want to get back and really beat on on this thing of uh, families and kids. Do you uh, and can you uh, not only personally but as the association, can you address how you all feel about uh, where we are today with with in, uh, kids and interest in in. Uh, be it as a hobby or be it automo- automobiles, cars in general. I, I, you know, it used to be a child. I guarantee you the three of us that are talking, 
all of us used to be able to pick out headlight or tail lights and say that's a 55 Chevy in front of us. That's a you know this this and this because we had the interest and and I knew more about cars when I was 10, 11, and 12 years old than I do at 67 today. I mean, I don't even know what that thing is under the hood today. So, you know, can you address where where you're going with that, how you all feel about it? And also, cumulatively, as uh, as 100 members, any idea of of the demographics and the number of visitors that you all had across the country to museums? Well, that's an interesting you know point. First of all, I think there's so many distractions for kids today, and electronics being one of the absolute big ones. Of course, it's not just kids, it's adults, too. You notice people with their faces buried and phones and so forth every day. I mean, that's just part of what what we deal with today. It's part of the technology. But automobiles are an opportunity to look back in in history and see not only the artistic value of, of the car, but, you know, we can also talk about the social aspects of it. And most automobile museums that, that are in the association have children's programs at different levels. So it could be something as absolute simple as a coloring book to more electronic-based equipment that helps tell the story and the history of the car. So we understand that our visitors that come to the museums are more than just, you know, a 50-year-old a guy. We understand that we need to make sure that children are interested and that we give them, offer them something that keeps them interested. And our hope is that once they come into the museum, they have a positive experience, um, and ideally with their family, but sometimes school groups will come in, um, that they'll want to come back, they'll want to explore it more, and you know, perhaps we're creating a hobby. Terry, Terry, can I interrupt you for just a second? We have to take a break. We're up against a, a time situation. If you don't mind staying on, and we'll uh, be back to you in just a minute. Thank you. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day, the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory. Ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice at the grassroots level is drowned out. So we started an ongoing project called Hershey's for Heroes. Patriot conservatives from all over the U.S. are sending Hershey's chocolate bars with a note of thanks for defending Israel. Won't you join us by sending a sweet message to the IDF? For information, please see my Facebook page at Michael Gano. Thank you, God bless Patriot conservatives, and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security. Hi, this is Kate Copsey, inviting you to listen year-round to America's Homegrown Veggie Show every Saturday at 10 a.m. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, and we're back on the air with uh, Terry Ernest, the president of the Automobile Bill uh, Association, uh, <laughs> National Association of Automobiles uh, uh, Museums, and we're having a fascinating conversation with him. And 
Uh, Terry, you were telling us about the the demographics and and how you all feel about uh, getting people interested, kids interested, particularly in carrying on the the history of cars and so forth. Absolutely, and I, I think you know part of that has to happen with families. I mean, we have to be able to bring families in, make this part of their whether it's vacation or whether it's just a Sunday excursion um, to get them in, so that if mom and dad have interest, the kids that are coming along and. I'm sure most museums that I've dealt with, that I've that I've visited, had the opportunity to see, have programs of some sort that have interest to different uh, age groups of children. So, um, as I recall, the Henry Ford Museum years ago had a uh, a uh, uh, assembly line that the kids could kind of put together cars made out of wood pieces and and uh, kind of give them an idea how cars actually assembled, rather than just seeing one on the street or in a showroom. Uh. Jerry, another thing, uh, and I, I, I can remember this because uh, going to the Nethercut Museum out in Silmar, uh, they have a restoration shop there, and uh, you can get a tour of it. I fortunately had one where it was a completely in the background private tour where I could see people working. How many of the museums actually have their own restoration shops? Do you have any idea? You know, I, I, I do not know that actually offhand. It's not something I've seen yeah. that we've collected that type of data. Yeah. Um, certainly some museums do. Um, some museums have programs uh, where they're doing preventative maintenance, um, making sure that the cars, some, some museums, uh, you know, have cars that are ready to be driven at any time for, and then take them to different events, usually locally or p- perhaps participate in concours events. Um, but I'm not exactly sure the number of, of, of full restoration shops. Um, Nethercut was an exception, of course. The, yes. An exception in many ways. Yes. As a fabulous collection of automobiles. Yes, uh, uh, unbelievable. And another one is the Simeon Museum. I mean, he actually takes his cars out and drives them in the parking lot and lets people watch it. That's pretty amazing. I haven't been to that collection yet. Yeah, that's, Looking forward uh, to that. That's one of those that... Uh, it's just it's mind-boggling, and um, the the other one that I find very interesting, but it's very difficult to see, is the Collier Museum uh-huh. down yeah, in yeah. Florida, Naples. Yeah, Naples, and yeah. Uh, that's pretty much a private museum. And he's bought the uh, Ludwigson Library and has put it in there. And they do run seminars and things like that at times. And then, of course, as you mentioned, they do take the cars out and show them. And I think a couple of them, they actually race. Um, Is there anything planned from the standpoint that you do museum tours where you put a group of people together and you say, okay, we're going to go to the Mullen Museum, Silmar, the Peterson Museum, and I, I can't. Well, I guess the NHRA has a museum too. Those are about the four major museums in Southern California. Do you think, or have I forgotten some? Um, Southern California is blessed with a lot of great automobile museums. Um, I think that's most of them. You mentioned Peterson. That's, right. that's fabulous. Yeah. Another yeah. cut is fabulous. Um, Mullins is amazing. Oh, it, it's. I mean, that's, just, <laughs> that yeah. one boggles my mind. Yeah. It's just. All I can tell people is if you have an opportunity to see it, you must take that opportunity. It's, it's fantastic. It, it, it is. Well, and for our our group of guys that are hot rod guys, the NHRA Museum is pretty nice. And uh, that's uh, another one to visit. 
I I travel a lot on business, and I'll go by and like I'll run up Interstate 75 and go by the Garlitz Museum in Ocala. And I don't know if he's part of your your group or not, but there's a lot of drag racing history with him. Oh, I have a way that would can make your life easier to find automobile museums. Is that something you'd be interested I in? I am more than happy to hear that, <laughs> and I think our listeners are too, because one of the things I was going to ask you was about websites. But, hey, it's it's your show right now, so I'll, I'll let you tell us. Well, if you go to our the National Association of Automobile Museum websites, and we'll make it easy for you, it's www.naam.com. Museum, so nam.museum. Okay. Right on the front page, about halfway down over on the right, it'll say Museum Finder. And all you need to do is type in the zip code of where you want to, either where you're staying on vacation, the zip code of the community, or maybe that you know you're going to a particular area. Type in the zip code and click on Find. What that will do is take you to a page that shows you all the automobile museums that are members of our association, within 50 miles. It then will, if you click on, if you find one that, of interest you'd like to visit, you can click on directions, so that'll take you probably to a Google map that will show you how to get there. And nearly every automobile museum has a website, so you can also click on a link that will take you directly to that museum's website. There you can find the hours, special displays, things of that nature. If you have a little more time, you can actually change that search criteria from 50 miles to 100 or more and find out all the automobile museums in that area. That, that's incredible, and, and I'll bet you probably have the NASCAR Museum uh, in, outside of Charlotte on your list too, don't you? I believe we do. Yeah, and then Talladega's got a great museum. Um, the, the other museum that... Uh, I used to go to, and unfortunately it's gone now, was the Henry Austin Clark Museum out on Long Island, and he was one of the first and earliest car museums, if I remember rightly, uh, back in the 50s. So. That's one I wish I, I would have had an opportunity to visit. Yeah. Um, is the um, museum that the Rockefellers have in Arkansas, west of Little Rock, still open? That I don't know. Uh, yeah, that one I do. that was a private collection that was beautiful for many years ago too. Private collections are always a challenge because you know if the founder passes away and hasn't made arrangements for the museum to continue, then chances are it'll be broken up and sold. Yeah, there was one in Elkhart, Indiana. I went to about twenty years ago. That was a fabulous museum. And I uh, S. Ray Miller. Yes, yes. Is that yep. is that open or is that mm, gone? No. That, that collection was broken up. Yeah, Terry, when you were when you were talking earlier, and I had to step out for a minute, so if if this is a redundant question, uh, you can answer it twice. Uh, anyway, you had said that most of the museums were five hundred ones, the nonprofit um, uh, museums. It, with that being said, though, do most of them charge some kind of uh, fee to come in? Yeah, because, I mean, even though you're a nonprofit, you still have to pay the bills. Sure. You still have is to there, pay the rent. Is there any so kind of standard or, or approximation of, of cost for these? Uh, $5 a head, $10 a head? Or? There really isn't. Every museum sets its own um, admission fee based on the expenses that they have to cover. Um, and, in fact, most automobile museums never pay the bills strictly with admissions. Um, 
so I would say it's anywhere from a few dollars on up, uh, depending on the scope of the museum and, and how large the facility is and staffing and so forth. Well, would you say, too, that uh, the museums in the areas that they are across the country, do you feel like they really, do you think the cities and the people in those cities appreciate the museums? Well, you know, I hope they would. And I would say in, in some places they're, they've had greater exposure to press and they probably have a greater community-based following. Um, it would depend on, really, the size of the museum and the size of the community. Do you, uh, do you feel like the general public even knows that there are automobile museums around? Well, that's a good question. I, I think the real answer is the people that are interested know about us. You know, the question is how do we get the other people who don't know about us to become interested in us? Well, we have the answer to that. Okay. <laughs> it's, I, I think there's a one-word one uh, answer to that. I think it's called marketing or, uh-huh. or advertising. You might uh, make those uh, interchangeable. but uh, And we're, we want to help you with that, as a matter of fact. Uh, I, I find it interesting and, and fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, mention the website again. David was out because I think that's important, and, and I think when we – wrap up with you i'd like you to mention the website again because there's probably a lot of people that you know are running to get a pencil or a pen to write it down sure it's uh www.naam.museum so nam.museum okay and, and with that and obviously you all are open uh 24 7 and are in a, you know day in and day out what about the museums? Do most of them, one, have websites, and two, are they open, uh, generally speaking, 365 days a year? Well, we're, now we're talking about an aggregate of over 100 automobile museums. So I know that some that are have very limited hours, um, some that are open seven days a week. It really depends on probably the size of the museum. You know, if they're in a large area and they're a, a fairly large museum themselves, um, you know, I'll give you an example of Henry Ford here in Dearborn magnificent museum yes they're open seven days a week they have special displays some evenings so based on that they're open a lot um i know that at the will st Clair museum in marysville we have much more limited hours but then the demand for that we know is less so it really depends on the museum what and we're gonna have to take another break here shortly but i think we can get the the answer and we've we've talked about the general public sort of how are you finding uh, the reaction of schools? Now, when I uh, there wasn't a museum anywhere close, so when my where I went to school, it, it would have been a you know two week trip. But um, how are you finding schools now? Are they are they interested in in the automobile history and 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 going to museums, be it in your area or be it in any other area that has a museum? Well, I think part of that is you have to build a relationship with the teachers. Um, I know that a number of years ago at the Will St. Clair Museum, we invited the, the local teachers in to show them what we have and then talk to them about what's important that they're teaching that we can help them with. And so that we now have an active program that school children come in um, usually once a year, uh, different grades, different levels, um, for a tour of the museum. And then we have some things prepared to help the teachers um, with that field trip. I got to ask because I, I don't know, and I'm sure you're there when the kids come through. 
what what what's on their face? And do they ask do they ask questions or and, and how old are questions. they generally? Well, it depends on um, we've in Michigan at least in our community um, we tend to have fourth graders come in. Um, so you know, obviously they're pretty young, but they they have great questions. Some of which are a little off the wall. Uh, some of them are spot on. So it kind of depends on the kid, but. We try to explain to them what they're looking at based on kind of an age-appropriate explanation. But they seem to be interested. They like the history. They like to look at the cars. They like to ask questions. Um, I think it's rewarding not only for the kids but also for our docents that are uh, giving the tours. Have you ever noticed that you've had uh, uh, little Johnny in and then two or three weeks later you see little Johnny and his parents back at your museum? that's exactly what we're hoping for. <laughs> One of the giveaways we give is a brochure, and we're hoping that the children, we ask them to take them home and, and give them to their uh, their parents and uh, hopefully entice them back. Do you see it working? You know, it does. I mean, not all children are going to be interested. Not all parents have time or will be interested. Um, but I, I, I do see that as, as valuable to help bring people in that may not have been interested, but Gosh, their kids talking about this local history that they didn't know anything about, and now they've got a free Sunday, and you know it, it works. That's cool. We're going to have to take a break with that thought. That's a good positive thought uh, for the automobile industry. We'll be back right after this. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And we're back on the Classic Car Show with uh, Terry Ernest uh, being with us today and Mr. Jim Weber. And we're learning all about museums, car museums, automobile museums. Uh, Terry, this one hasn't been asked. And obviously you and Jim have been, I've been to the Ford Museum and, uh, uh, and the one that used to be out here at Stone Mountain Park that I don't know if it could really be considered a museum back then. But anyway, um, what's your favorite? What, my favorite museum? Yeah. yeah that's, Boy, a that's a loaded question. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> I have to tell you, it's the Will St. Clair <laughs> So what's your second favorite? Okay, now, you know, now you're getting it. 
one of my absolute favorites, and there are so many good ones that, you know, answering this question is like shooting a hole in my foot. But one of the museums that I've, I've been to that I want to go back to is the one in France, the Schlumpf Brothers Collection, the oh, National it, Automobile it, Yes, yes, I've been to that. Yeah, it's, now it's the French National Museum. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and I, you know, we spent an afternoon there, and I, I'd like to go back and spend a week. Yes. <laughs> well, so but the interesting thing is the Mullen Museum has some of the cars that came from uh, John Yeah, the reserve collection. Yeah, reserve. yeah uh, that John Shakespeare had years ago in, in Illinois. Yeah. And, and he sold to the Schlumps. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like them all. I mean, every museum sort of has a personality. Yes. Um, uh, based on the cars it collects and how it's laid out. And, you know, the, the Peterson in L.A. is in a former department store, so it's had elevators and escalators. And hmm. um, yeah. other museums are purpose-built. They're, they're all wonderful. I, I really, you know, National Auto Museum in Reno, the former Hera Collection, there's just great automobile museums everywhere. I, I love them all. Do most, uh, do most of your museums or your cura- curators, I suppose, um, are most of your self-tour or are they guided tours? Well, I think it really depends on the museum. Okay. Um, I would say most of them, um, with some exception, of course, are self-guided tours. They may have audio tours. Some museums you, you actually use your cell phone and dial in a number and take an audio tour that way. And then there are uh, um, museums that do offer um, guided tours. Um, it, it really depends. The, the diversity of the automobile museums is, is great, so it's hard to nail that one down. Um, in other muse- you and I have talked about a few museums this morning that uh, I have been to and, and enjoy going to again and again. Another one's the Crawford Long Museum up in Cleveland. And, and all of these that I have attended uh, have both. There's either self-guided or if you go as a group, especially Silmar, to the Nethercut collection, if you're just going there as a civilian, as I say, and not a car guy, uh, they will give you a guided tour, and the guy that does the guided tour is right out of central casting in Hollywood. Because, I mean, he is very polished, and I can't think of his name. Um one of the other things also about a lot of the museums that we're seeing is they're looking for donations of vehicles to mm-hmm. expand their collections, and AACA is building their museum pretty much that way. And it's the members that are, that are donating or committing cars after they've gone. Yeah. There are different – in the Will St. Clair Museum, the museum owns – a few cars, but most of the cars on display are actually owned by private individuals who have placed them there, um, to, you know, to help share that history. So there's different ways of doing that. Um, museums, of course, are always grateful for, for donations. Um, cars, of course, are, are, especially if they are cars related to the museum's purpose, are, we're always grateful to get those. Um, almost never turn down money. <laughs> never, you know, that's always something... You know, in, a, in the economy, that's been tough. Museum budgets have been crunched. Um, so, yeah, we're, we, we exist to educate the public about the history of the automobile museum. And, and to do that work, we need money to keep moving forward. So, of course, 
your local museum is, is always grateful to have cash. Well, a comment that you made a minute ago about uh, integration integration of technology, sort of speak, with using your cell phone or using this or that as you're going through. Out of your membership, do any of, of the museums have um, uh, virtual tours or, or any any type of uh, – are they integrating – computer technology uh, with their museums? I think mostly, I think especially the larger museums that have budget and staff to be able to do that are. I mean, there's no getting around technology. It, it has brought some wonderful things. It's brought some things that aren't so wonderful, but we all try to work with that. I know that by creating displays in the museum, um, for example, in Hickory Corners, the classic car club museum, now has a, mon- a television monitor next to the car, and instead of just seeing the car statically on display, the the little TV display shows like a movie of the of the engine, the car open, the engine running, the car running up and down the road. So now you have an opportunity to actually see the car, you know, doing what it's supposed to do, and uh, so rather than just seeing it's a, a static display. So having that technology available just makes the whole visitor experience better. Yeah. I, 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 which brings up another question, and, and uh, excuse me for my stupidity or whatever, but uh, at Will Sinclair or at any of the other museums, and and you mentioned the fact that many of the cars are, are owned by or have owners and are just donating them uh, temporarily, I suppose. But who maintains them? Who maintains your your cars? Um, we have museum staff that do that we in our museum and i'm just speaking about the will st Clair museum we have um docents that volunteer to do different things you know primarily it's keeping the cars clean um we're not driving them because we don't own them um but the owners will uh, usually in the summertime get them out for a, a show or a display uh here and there um it really would be the owner's responsibility to change the oil and that sort of thing when they come into the museum, we obviously want to make sure that they're uh, safe to display. We don't want any fire issues, so we make sure batteries are disconnected, uh, things like that. But in terms of keeping the display looking good, that's what our docents do. Uh, that's great. Um, another thing that, uh, and, and, and it's really not part of a museum, but I'm seeing this in uh, Ken Gross, who used to be the curator of the Peterson Museum, has put together some neat, car shows at museums like the high museum here in atlanta we had an exotic car collection that was on display and now we're getting dream cars here and then at the north carolina museum he put together a collection of porsches a history of porsche over the years and i hope that spurs some interest in people to decide to go out and actually look at other car museums because these tours that uh, Ken is putting together for various uh, art museums throughout the country have drawn some pretty big crowds and a lot of group tours. Uh, uh, church groups, I found, uh, local car clubs have gone to these museums or, or the art museums and looked at these too. And I hope that increases the interest and brings more people into all the museums that are part of the association. Yeah, I mean, and I like the idea because it, you know you might have a car guy that wouldn't necessarily go to an art museum, right? And you might have an art connoisseur who wouldn't necessarily go to a car show, 
and they find that, gosh, they really do like <laughs> yeah. what they didn't anticipate liking. Oh, yeah, well, and the dream cars that are coming, I mean, that's that's phenomenal. Uh, Blackhawk has loaned uh, one or two of their exotics for this tour. Ken has been able to get some private collectors to put some cars together. Uh, I remember the first one where he had the uh, what I kind of called the Art Deco cars. He had one of the Pierce Silver Arrow sedans that was shown at the World's Fair and Gorgeous Packards, beautiful Ferrari, some Zagato-bodied cars, ju- just some very unusual cars. And it was a very eclectic group, uh, whereas with the Porsche group, he was able to get people from the Porsche Factory Museum to loan cars that were very rare and uh, were part of the Porsche family private ownership. So he's done a great job of doing the, of promoting that stuff, too. And, of course, he was in the early days of the Peterson Museum, and it's just kind of evolved and evolved. The other thing I like about the Peterson Museum was I've been to numerous car club events there, you know, up on the roof of the parking garage. They've got quite a display area, and uh, they had the 32 Ford High Boy show there, and... Uh, I think the BMW Club one time, one of my neighbors in California uh, got me to go up there and, and see that group of cars. The last time I was in L.A. and at the museum, they were having a Corvette owners rally. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're very active in bringing groups up. Yes, they are. And, of course, we all know about the Corvette Museum and the sinkhole and uh I have visited that museum, and uh, they've gotten all the cars out of there now. The last one appeared to be a pancake. Uh, yes, I noticed that. <laughs> so, Terry, you, has the association ever put together, and or is it something that you all could do, um, either by by uh, regions or on a national basis, a uh, uh, a, a tour of the museums going from point A to point B to point C and so forth? To my knowledge, we've never done that, um, like, for the public. Now, when we do an, we, every year we have an annual meeting of members in a different part of the country sponsored by one of the museums. And part of what we do is go to the, all the local museums that are uh, especially automobile-related and, and some private collections. I don't believe we've ever put on anything like that for the public, um, but we're happy to help uh, organizations that are putting together tours. I know we do this locally at the Will St. Clair Museum. Um, whatever group is interested in coming in, um, they'll say, hey, listen, we're coming up to Marysville. What else is there to see? And, you know, there's the light ship and a lighthouse, and there's other things that they might be interested in to create a day trip out of. So I know that a lot of museums do that, though we've never from an association level uh, done that. Uh, that, that's a great idea, and I, I'm only going to equate it to one thing. There's a tour of high-performance driving guys that go from, like, five or six racetracks in a week. But I'm thinking, okay, you've got the Model A Ford Club or, or you've got the Studebaker Drivers Club or one of those, and, and they say, okay, let's pick out four museums in the Midwest, and you go to Cleveland and you you go to Detroit, and maybe you go to the Auburn Court Duesenberg Museum, and you do a tour of one of the car clubs and going from museum to museum, and maybe you see four or five museums that these people would never do otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a wonderful idea. Yeah, so. 
Well, we'll have to develop it. Yes, David. Yeah, yeah. It'll be America's Web Radios. We're happy to help. Museum out. tour. <laughs> We're going to take uh, another one of our breaks, and we'll come back for the last segment with uh, Terry Ernest and uh, Talking Museums. We'll be back right after this. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. When gardening is part of your life, it brings so much. Healthy eating, the freshest, most local produce, and playing in the dirt. At BonniePlants.com, you'll find all you need to succeed. When you grow bonnie veggie and herb plants in beds or containers, you'll know where your food comes from. Homegrown veggies and herbs ready for cooking, eating, and enjoying. And you did it. So get growing with Bonnie Plants. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show starring Mr. Jim Weber. And today we have another star on, Mr. Terry Ernest. Uh, we just made you a star, Terry. Yeah. So well, thank you. And uh, he is the president of the National Association of Automobile Museums. And we just, uh, Terry, want to thank you for coming on today and and on fairly short notice and uh, we are sincere in the fact that uh, uh, we want to work with you down the road down the road that i didn't mean that as a pun but you get a direct metaphor that yeah. Idea. Yeah. well anyway somewhere down the, as the wheels turn we want to uh, no we do because I, I again i and i don't mean to beat a dead horse but uh I, the technology, the the information, and the, the things that have come out of the automobile industry, and and the drivers that have literally, uh, you know, everybody can can look towards the astronauts, but my God, look at the drivers that died uh, testing things, testing cars, testing ideas, and and it just, uh, I I can't really think of. You know, somebody might say Edison and the light bulb or something, but I can't really associate anything that compares with the car. Well, I don't think anything has revolutionized the world as much as the automobile. When when they say that Henry Ford put the world on wheels, I mean, that was a great change of society that people could, you know, actually visit something more than a, a day's walk away. And really get a chance to see the, their their whole area, state, and then country. So yeah, I don't think anything has changed, uh, at least the present um, information that we have as much as the automobile. Right, I agree with you 100 percent there. Do, do you, um, with that being said, do you feel like the museums that are in your association, and, and I'll ask you with with your uh, museum, do you put that in writing? just what you said, and do other museums do the same? Well, it, it, 
That's a good question. I, though there, there's over 100 museums, so I'm not exactly sure what everyone does on that specific area. Um, I don't believe we do at the Will St. Clair Museum, but um, I know that there are things that, that we say that should be said, and that's one of them, the fact that the automobile put the world on wheels um, and changed society. But it's something we could incorporate more and make people to help people understand how important the automobile is. Besides uh, Jay Leno and, and his own personal museum of sorts that is not public, um, do you all, as an association, uh, are or would you be interested in having a well-known spokesperson uh, touting museums in the automobile industry? You know, it's something I've, we, I don't believe we've ever contemplated or discussed. Um, but certainly. Jim Weber's raising his hand. and There we go. Nobody knows who the hell Jim Weber is. Yeah, you know? no, we, no, we're just going to low profile here. Um, what, when, you, you do a national meeting, correct? Yes. Do you do it at a museum usually? Yeah. Um, we just had one at the Peterson. Okay. In L.A. Right. Um, next year, it will be at the Packard Museum in Warren, Ohio. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Which is another fabulous facility. Uh, Great museum. I'm, I'm going to ask you to stay in touch with David a little bit and kind of give us some update. We're going to take a look at your website, www.naam.museum. And, uh, you know, hopefully we could... Uh, talk to you when you're having your national meeting and maybe interview some of the uh, uh, curators of some of the other museums at that sure. time. Hey, besides the the entertainer type, the, the Jay Leno or whatever, do you have any politicians that, that, that wave your flag? Oh, jeez. No. Oh, David. I, I can't speak to that directly, but <laughs> well, I, I, I do know I, that. I don't mean it partisan-wise, uh, uh, but no. just, you know. But I do know that. And I can think of, and I won't mention it or anything, but I mean, I do know of an automobile museum that had money and in, in part of a transportation uh, funding uh, that was able to, and that worked out well for them. I, I don't know the politics. I don't know how that particular, yeah. is inter, how that really functioned, but um, I wish there was more of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, you've, uh, you've brought up an interesting point there. Yeah. And uh, I would assume that I don't know, of, do you know of any politicians that are in, uh, I and, I, and I don't mean a Democrat or Republican, no, no. I'm just, uh, I, if I, any of them are. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I remember Bill Clinton used to brag that he had a Mustang. Yeah, <laughs> well, we won't brag or we won't go into wine or and, what, and you know. Then we, and, and then uh, some of the museums have some of the old custom-built presidential cars. Oh, sure. Yeah. Henry Ford has a great collection of those. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Uh, I think most of them now are going to the presidential museums that... Uh, I, I guess. The limos, I, I, yeah. I, I, of course, now they're all suburbans with a machine gun in the room, aren't they? <laughs> um, the, the other thing... That I, I just and and I'm, I'm I'm absolutely spoiled by this fact that I got into the back door of the Nethercut Museum and saw the restoration shop. But I'm wondering how many of your museums actually have a full-blown restoration shop, and maybe we could get some interest with the youth of doing tours of those from the standpoint of interesting them in 
a career in the automobile business. Now, cars today, as we all know, are basically uh, electrical with a gasoline power, but everything uh, with all the computer systems and stuff. But the point I'm leading up to is we've got a lot of kids that can't find jobs that have college degrees that two years of a a trade school like UTI or or one of the other local college trade schools, they could earn a a good living working in the automobile business. Sure, and and when you think about it, the restoration of antique cars, however you define that, um, is also another area where you need skilled people. Um, I'm aware that the Gilmore Museum, which is near Kalamazoo, Michigan, has a program with high school, and I'm sure other museums do too, um, that work with kids, and you know, especially kids that may uh, seem to enjoy working with their hands more. Right. And um, so I, that's a, I'm really happy to see programs like that, you know, sprouting up. Yeah, and we we are too, and we we talk about it on the air because I'm obviously have my whole life I've been in the car business, and I'm hearing from dealerships, whether they're large truck dealerships or, or exotic car dealerships or, or, or just any plain car dealership, the big issue today is finding techs. And, uh, I mean, they're screaming for them. And we've interviewed the UTI folks. In fact, the uh, gentleman we interviewed was actually the guy that's uh, with the, the NASCAR school up in uh, North Carolina. And uh, there's another wonderful career and of course that's a, a, a little different than restoration and steve's interviewed the folks out in kansas that i think it's mcpherson college oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so right. and uh, i've interviewed faye butler who oh, is yeah. probably the dean of uh, he and, and covell and a few of the others of, of metal shapers yeah and uh, it's just to me there, there's a great career there now and there's so many people that that say they're unemployed and they can't find a job but they've got an opportunity. Well, as I recall, when I was working on my cars and stuff, it, it, you had to work, and, and once in a while you got dirty, or, or you might have to break out into a sweat. And I'm not sure all of these people that are unemployed want to uh, qualify for the. Terry, I wanted to ask, uh, and this is sort of an off-the-wall question, but how would you, as as the director of a museum, and and have gone to many, many other museums, how would you tell a novice to take a tour of an automobile museum? Well, I, probably the first thing I would do is go to their website to see what, what they have available. You know, what is it that I have an interest in so that when I get there, I know where I want to spend my time. Um, otherwise, I, I like to go in and look around and, you know, I, I kind of almost go through quickly first to see everything and then come back and spend greater time and detail with what I what most interests me. Do uh, most of the museums, or do you all let people take pictures of the cars? Or? Yeah, I think most automobile museums allow that. Um, probably most of them will have a sign that says, for private use only, not for commercial use, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, automobile museums do have to control that somewhat. Um, it, it's not been an issue for us, um, but I think most museums are happy to let you take pictures. What about um, feely touchy? Do you all slap well, that's hands? A good question. <laughs> what, what I'm seeing, you know, part of a museum's job in displaying an artifact like an automobile is 
telling its history. But beyond that, we're also trying to, to keep that for future generations to see and enjoy. So, it, you know, it's a two-prong approach. So most of the time, we really do not want people climbing on cars, touching cars, opening doors. But what I am seeing more and more are museums that will have a particular car that is set up in an area where people can get in it and take a picture of themselves in it. Yes, that, that I think is wonderful. And, of course, there's always the famous sign that says, unless you're naked, do not touch my car. Right. <laughs> Which you see at the car shows. And, and, and you, you have tasers attached to all of your cars? Yeah. That... <laughs> no. I had finished restoring a fire truck, and I took it to a show. And, I, and you know, fire trucks are magnets for kids to oh, climb on. Oh, yes. And we, we had just finished this project. We just started showing it. So I put a few signs on it that said, wet paint. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That, that would have brought my kids right out. Yeah. <laughs> Let me put my fingerprints on that sucker. It really is wet paint. <laughs> um, a couple of other just, just comments of mine. Uh, Mercedes has a beautiful museum in Germany. Ferrari has a beautiful museum in Modena or in Marinello. And Porsche has a beautiful museum in Stuttgart. And BMW, I guess, is relocating their museum now. But... Even the factories have great museums, and General Motors has got a private collection that I, I guess if you try real hard, you can get in and see their cars. So I, I wanted to make that comment today and the Studebaker Museum. So we're gonna we're getting ready yeah. to wrap it up, Terry. I want to thank you and David. well, I wanted to give Terry just one more opportunity to to hit the website, and if you have any uh, things that you want to wrap it up with, uh, we got about a minute, Terry. It's uh, our website, especially if you want to be able to find where all of our museums are located. You can do that with your zip code. Go to www.naam.museum. So it's nam.museum. And then from there, type in a zip code, and you can find all the museums around you. Click on their website, find out when they're open, and have a great time enjoying and experiencing this wonderful part of our history. Again, uh We've been talking with Terry Ernest. Uh, he is the director of the Willis St. Clair Automobile Museum in uh, Michigan, in uh, Marysville, Michigan. And he's also the president of the National Association of Automobile Museums. Terry, uh, it has been a delight. We want to thank you again for, for being on. And uh, I'd like to extend the invitation for you to come back. And sure. also, if uh, if you've got something special going on, like Jim had mentioned, uh Please keep us posted so we can uh, put and, and it out. If anybody wants to talk to us about their museum on the air, we'd be happy to. Very good. We can and, let them uh, know that. And your home telephone number is what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Check your bank balance, Terry. <laughs> we, we do appreciate it. Yes. And uh, any way that we can get kids and families interested in the importance and the history of automobiles uh, we want to do. So, again, Terry, thank you very much. Thanks, Thank Terry. you. Enjoyed it, gentlemen. We did. Thank you.